Another author that I like is Eli H. Sherman, who is an American student. He studies the Q Studio Lab in Sunnyside, Queens. While at the Q, he has written many works, written works in many different genres, such, a, such as his historical analysis, Moments That Snowball, which uh, analyzes the importance of Emmett Till's murder to the civil rights movement and a history of the Leviathan in a chapter of What is a Monster. He has also written the expansion of To Kill a Mockingbird and Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. He has also written Advancement on All Fronts uh, for American Democracy for the, Q, for, the Q, for the Q Times. He has written Analysis of Religion, which is An Alien's Guide to the High Holidays and, and, and the High Holidays and God's Champion about, life, about the life of Moses. He has written two book reviews about the King Ar about King Arthur to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. He has done many other literary wor works and lives today in Woodside, Queens, New York. Today he will be we reading Waiting for the Sunrise. Right. Hello, I'm Eli, and uh, today I will be reading Waiting for the Sunrise. Um, so the characters, uh, Ruth Younger, Travis Younger, Walter Lee Younger, Benitha Younger, Lena Younger, and Carl Linder, who is from the Homeowners Association um, in Clyburn Park, uh, who in the play uh, offered to pay money to the family to prevent them from moving to the white neighborhood in the story. And it takes place in 1958 in well, Chicago. Um, yeah. As Benita consoles herself, she starts twisting the knob open. Okay, Benita, you can do this. Just because it's been a few months doesn't mean they're not your family. Benita walks in and finds Walter sitting at the breakfast table drinking a cup of coffee with a drained look on his face. The door closes and there is an eerie echo of silence between the brother and sister. Walter breaks the ice and apathetically says, Been a while since you ran away with that boy to Africa. His name is Joseph and we love each other. I, I just thought that the family would be better off without me and the financing for college. You still left, and Mama wasn't happy then and won't be happy now. You left us when it all started to happen, when things got tough. He spoke in the same apathetic tone. Well, I came here because I got Ruth's letter about the threats you got and how it led to you guys buying a shotgun. Benita says this with an upholding tone. Walter answers, if that's what you say. Uh, you see the news recently? Benita responds, mostly from Ruth, those Little Rock kids have it rough. Walter says, those kids should just quit. It's never going to happen, and all it does is cause trouble for regular folks like us who are just trying to live normal lives. The room goes quiet with an uncomfortable Benita who acts in a reserved manner. Benita breaks the silence after asking the whereabouts of Mama. In your, rest, in your, resting, in your room resting, uh, Benita goes in and finds her mother lying in bed. She also glances at her own bed, which is there, but is empty. No sheets, no blankets, or pillows. That's all been removed. Hi, Mama. It's been a while, but... So you're back, Mama interjects sourly. First my plants die, then you leave. You just take everything with you and leave nothing behind. That It was like you weren't even a part of the family. You even took my hopes for you and took them when you left with that young man to Africa. Benita responds, I love him, and I sacrificed my life here so that yours could be better, so you guys could survive more easily. So it's for my benefit now? 
You call dropping out of college and throwing everything your father and I gave you better? You were a coward, and when you did that, you might as well have thrown me into the wolves to die. Mama says this unhinged and full fury. Look, I get it. I'm sorry, I, I really am. I, I understand how you feel. Benita says this in concession. Benita spends time familiarizing herself with her former house and meets Ruth, who's still kept in touch with Benita. They remark to each other about their lives, Ruth about her six-month pregnancy, and Benita details her life with Asagai, how there's tension between them from her separation from college and her family. Later, there's a knock on the door Everyone was, while everyone was catching up with Benita in the living room. Ruth answers it. After a moment, Linder walks in with a distressed attitude. He says desperately, you gotta leave. There's been talk between the whites about attacking your house today. I tell you, ever since those kids went to that school, it's released much anger and terror upon our once peaceful and quiet neighborhood. Look, we're desperate. We'll quadruple the amount you paid for this house. Please, just leave. Then Mama says, how about you leave? And if what you say is true, then we have a lot more to worry about than you coming in here trying to get us to leave. I said it once, and I'll say it, and I'll say it again. You will never take our house. Now leave, and let us handle this. Then she points to the door. Linder says, you're not seeing the full picture here. There's much more than pride at stake here. There's your lives. Please, just reconsider. If at any point you change your mind and choose the right choice, then just call me. You have the number I gave you. He then walks out in a slouched manner, closing the door behind him. Why did you do that? Walter asks angrily. I chose the family's dreams and aspirations. We could have escaped through this. We could have escaped all this through him. But what would we have? Stuff and no house? We could have been free from all this trouble. Come on, we're a family who can handle this if it means we have a future in this house. Right now, we need to prepare for them to come. Ruth says, I'll take Travis to a friend's house to stay the night. Beneath, are you going to come? Uh, what do you mean? What What's even happening? Uh, Ruth says sternly, Beneath, we have no time. What's going to happen? Is it going to be... Uh, what's, what's going to happen is going to be bad. Do you want to be here for it? Yes, I, I want to know what's going to happen. Ruth says, if you really want to stay, you can, but, but know that this could end badly for you. I know, I'll stay anyway. I'll make sure to stay safe. As Benita says this, Ruth starts to leave with Travis and shuts the door behind him. The remaining three turn the house into a makeshift barricade. They prepare the shotgun and any other utensils they, could, uh, they can find uh, that can be used as weapons. They turn out all the lights so that it is not obvious that they are there. Later, as the moon is shining bright above the night sky, the doorknob starts to turn. Click once. Click twice. The knob starts to twist more violently as muffled voices can be heard chattering. Then, very loudly, a voice is heard saying, Open up. If you don't leave right now, we'll drag you out. After this, just moments later, the door starts banging and, and bang as people are yelling, Black people and white people don't mix. First our schools, now our neighborhoods too. What horrors can follow? The feeling of being outnumbered made the group start migrating toward a closet, toward a closet, a more covert location from the living room. They slowly crawled so as not to make any noise that could galvanize their attackers. The the three hear the sounds of banging, scratching, scraping, and shattering outside. Eventually, there's the sound of glass shattering outside and the sound of a heavy thud. 
After that, Mama says, that's it, and she walks off into the darkness of the night. Just moments later, a shotgun shot can be heard, which is then followed by a second shot. Then there is a silence that followed. After a moment, Benita whispers to Walter, was that Mama? I don't know, he expresses with shock while also matching Benita's tone. Moments later, a cop walks in and tells the pair about how their mother had ran into the crowd and died fighting them. He says that before she died, she had taken two of the rioters with her. She's, he says that when she did that, it distracted the crowd enough so that they could take advantage of the situation and take control of the crowd. After he finishes, Benita asks, How did you know to help us? Why did you help us? She asks, this confused and saddened by her mother's death. The cop says, We kept getting calls from an anonymous source that this house was being attacked by hundreds of people. Walter looks up when he hears this information and says he really did it. At the funeral, everybody, everyone is heartbroken. Benita, along with the rest of the younger family, gives eulogies for Benita. Uh, for Benita, she says, near the end, my mama and I had our differences, but ultimately she was willing to sacrifice her life for me, and through her final act, she taught me the real meaning of family and what it means to be a part of a family. Three weeks later, the family is sitting at the table with the police with police officers stationed outside their house in order to make sure their house isn't attacked again. Ruth is sitting at the table reading a newspaper and says they managed to get one of those Little Rock Nine kids expelled. It says here about an Elizabeth who got expelled after acting violently against her her white classmates. Benita responds, those kids can get through it. Uh, her getting expelled probably made those kids want to work harder not to get expelled. And besides, even though she's gone, her spirit lives on uh, in that school through the kids and their bond to her. Walter then adds, hey, Benny, whatever happened to Joseph? We decided to take a break from each other for our own separate reasons. He has business he needs that needs tending to in Nigeria, and I have a lot of catching up to do with my family. Thank you.